Welcome to Glass Houses, a Billy Joel podcast. I'm Michael Grosvenor. And I'm Jack Frenino. Join us as we dig deep into Billy Joel's songs and history and what his music has meant to us. Hey everyone, Michael Grosvenor here. With everyone cooped up lately with the whole COVID-19 situation going on, Jack and I thought it'd be fun to do some Facebook live broadcasts. So what you're about to hear is the very first one that was recorded on March 25th, 2020. This is a recording of the live broadcast as it aired, where we talk about how the podcast came to be, some of our top fives when it comes to Billy Joel songs, and some of our other favorite music as well. We plan on doing some more of these throughout the coming months, so we hope you enjoy it. We'll be coming back to you on March 31st with episode four, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this one, and without further ado, here we go. All right, hey everyone. We're going to give a little couple seconds here for a couple folks to join in. Yep, coming in already. All right, if you're there, say hi in the comments. Let us know you're hanging out. Absolutely, please do. So while we give uh, some folks a chance to uh, get in here, uh, I'm Michael Grosvenor, and... I'm Jack Fernina. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something brand new for us, so... We're just kind of figuring things out as we go, so uh, it should be a lot of fun, though. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I, I feel like it's weird. I, I, th- I feel like we should have music behind us, but uh, that's that's a, a risky thing, both on a technical and copyrightable uh, side. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you um, folks know, but Facebook, among others, are pretty um, tough when it comes to uh, copyright situations. So, you know, on the podcast in general, we tend to have um audio clips and things like that as we go through the episode uh if we were to do that here facebook would zap it pick it up pretty quick so this is going to be this is going to be um free and clear of all of that so it's just going to be uh jack and i yeah we're gonna have i'm gonna have to come up with some we're, we're gonna have to come up with some of our own uh filler music in the background for the next yeah, yeah, something that we own free and clear that we could just have a little. Yeah, I wish I wish I played keyboard now because I have a micro Korg and I can probably do some cool synth stuff and and whatnot. But there's there's no way it would sound like anything halfway decent. <laughs> you get like three good notes and I'd clank. Right, right, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, you guys get to hear us unedited, so you hear all our ums. And every time, yeah. every time Michael says something, and I go, yeah, yeah. And then I take a second, I go, yeah. And I always edit out my first two yes. So I, I sound so much more articulate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say, because, uh, you know, Jack and I both spend a, a good amount of time editing. So what, what you finally hear is a pretty polished product. And we're getting cleaner and smoother with it as we go along. But this is a whole new animal for us right now. So, yeah, you're going to probably be hearing some extra yes and breaths and that's interestings and all the funny little things that we've picked up that we say quite a bit uh, <laughs> over these last few episodes. Yeah. Dave McLean, it, it might be uh, choppy right now. I'm hoping that uh, comes through pretty quickly. Uh, I've just uh, uh, get been, been getting used to using online broadcasting and, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a work in progress here for sure. What's up, Dewey? How you doing, man? Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Dewey. So Dewey and I actually go back quite a long ways. Um, I've known him for the better part of a decade now. 
So we've both oh, yeah. been kind of in the Billy Joel fan circles for years, but also another band called the Verve Pipe out of Michigan, um, who I worked with for a long time. Um, he's taped so many shows and has come to so many Verve Pipe shows. So Dewey and I have uh, have known each other for a long time and have got a chance to hang quite a bit. Dewey's good people. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's a great, incredible taper too. He's gotten captured so many great shows over the years. Oh yeah. Live oh, QCD yeah? is his uh, handle in the tape, tape trading world. Yeah. So a little bit about us. Um, if you haven't listened to us before, uh, the uh, podcast here is called glass houses, a Billy Joel podcast. And, uh, it's something that I had been toying around with for a couple of years now, and last summer, finally decided to get a little bit serious with it and decide this was something I wanted to um, experiment with and give it a shot. And um, the months that followed, I started kind of doing some research and figuring out what I wanted to do with it. But I uh, quickly realized that this would be a much more much more pleasant user experience uh, if I had a co-host and someone... Uh, driving the ship with me and um, through a great Facebook group, Billy Joel completely retold. I connected with Jack over here and we, I think it might've been new year's day, even or new year's Eve, something like that. He and, he and I had a call I that new morning year's and Eve. Um, just kind of got a feel for each other and talked about uh, Billy and kind of what, what we wanted to do with this podcast a bit. And uh, we both clicked right away and uh, it was, is a pretty quick decision on both our ends that we wanted to move forward and probably not 10 days, 10 days later, we were recording episode number one. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's funny. That first episode was actually, um, almost a recreation of the first time we ever spoke. It was a new year's Eve. I took like a two hour walk around the block. Uh, we just started talking and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, we actually had to kind of go back and remember what we said. So we, we could re-record it with some better audio, but, uh, that was how quickly we, it kind of clicked that, uh, first time yeah. we talked, we just pretty much yeah, like, did two full it episodes was, worth. Yeah, it was, we, we captured it. Would say, Jack actually is a writer by trade. So he, you know, records so he can transcribe a lot of interviews and things like that. And so he actually recorded, uh, our first conversation for posterity's sake. And, you know, while we are still trying to work out the technical things of it, we're like, well, if we can't figure this out, maybe our first conversation will make for something fun. So, uh, you know, who knows as, you know, as we go down the road, that might be something that may see the light of day. We'll see. But, uh, uh, yeah, episode one really did kind of mirror, um, in a lot of ways, what we talked about the very first time. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So, uh, what do you think you want to jump into some fan mail? Let's do it. Do you have that pulled up? Uh, you might want to, you know, actually, you know, let me pull it up on my, uh, on my tablet here. I'm always worried about pulling up one too many windows right now, but I think I can do yeah, it I've got on it the other device. Device. Yeah. I love that, uh, you know, now we're inside all the time and I'm telling my kids, you know, you got, you can't be on screens all the time. You got to cut down your screen time. And then they come down and to where I'm working and I have like two monitors and a tablet running at once. I'm like, yeah, but, but this is work. It's cool. And they're like, but you're watching the good place on the tablet. I'm like that. I'm still doing work on the other two That's screens. Hilarious. Like it's go do That's your homework. <laughs> yeah. If you want to start that yeah, off, I'll, I'll jump in. So let's see here. We've got, uh, we had, yeah, we've had a, a few great, uh, emails come in over the last, um, over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, it's, it's really been great to hear about, uh, 
how you all have connected with us and with uh, the show and things like that. So um, let's see. So the first one is going to be from Jason Berkowitz. And uh, so uh, I'm not sure where Jason is from, but here's what Jason's got to say. Um, Hey guys, I heard about your show while listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Metallica is my all-time favorite band, but Billy is by far my favorite singer-songwriter. I actually got my sister into his music when she was a little girl, and she and Billy even heard, and she and she and Billy even have the same birthday. I'm fifty year old guy, but born and raised in Westchester, New York, now living in North Carolina. I discovered Billy at a very early age and just flat out fell in love with his music. His music truly has stood up all these years. What other act hasn't put out new music in almost thirty years and can still? I lost my spot here. Yeah, what what other acts hasn't put out new music in 30 years and can still play to sold-out arenas, but sold-out stadiums around the world? No one but Billy Joel that I can think of. I've seen him multiple times, most recently in 2018, down at Wake Forest University. He was just as good then as the first time I saw him at the Nassau Coliseum on the Stormfront Tour back in 1990. I've had the privilege of seeing him play both MSG and Yankee Stadium, I've seen him twice with Elton. That was amazing. Anyway, I hope you guys have huge success with the podcast, and I'm glad to be getting in and going on for the ride for the beginning. Looking forward to listening to you, and hopefully I'll keep emailing you. Glad to have you. Glad to have a good Billy Joel podcast to listen to. Thanks, guys. Jason. Well, thanks, Jason. That's so nice of you. Yeah. Awesome. So what Jason's referring to, uh, Metal Up Your Podcast, it is a all-Metallica podcast. And if anyone knows me whatsoever, and even if you've listened to these past couple episodes, um, aside from Billy, Metallica is my all-time favorite band. Uh, I've seen them uh, 13, 14 times over the years. A lot of this record collection behind me is Metallica, and they're just one of my all-time favorites. So um, while Jack and I were start a, in the early process of getting this podcast going, I um, I reached out to Clinton Ethan, who are the hosts of Metal Up Your Podcast, um, and I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. And I had just a barrage of questions. You know, how do you guys record remotely? And you know, what what services do you use? And what different things do you do here? And they were so patient and so encouraging, and answered all the questions I could possibly have. So, um, just super nice, super nice guys. And. When we launched, uh, Clint Wells actually gave us a nice shout out on the podcast, which was incredible. And uh, looks like that's where uh, our new friend here uh, came to us from. So thanks, Jason. And and thanks, Metal Up Your Podcast. That's cool. You know, it, it's it's kind of funny how many um, how many people are a combination fans of, of Metallica and Billy Joel. So it's obviously you and Jason, Michael. And then there was a there was a cover band out out, out of uh, Long Island called For Whom the Bell Jones. I heard about that. And the entire conceit. I heard about that. Oh, it was it was great. Uh, the T-shirts alone were just fantastic. There was one where like it was all the guys from Metallica, but it was just Billy Joel, um, you know, face uh, yeah. photoshopped in. And then they would yeah. have like the Ride the Lightning cover, but it was a piano instead oh, of an electric great. chair. You know, oh, oh, it was great. so cool, and it was like the, the the perfect the perfect name. They came out, you know, it was all. Maybe they did Angry Young Man. They did Moving Out. I never got to see them, you know, because yeah. I'm down here in Philly, and they kind of played yeah. few and far between. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty funny. They they would do like uh, they yeah they really like 
stuck that, it. That's a funny a concept. That's pretty cool. And yeah, you'd be surprised with how many people over the years I've I've met who do like both both Billy and Metallica. You you would think the worlds are so far apart, but they're you know you know if you strip them down to their essence, they both just great songs. And so I think that thread kind of goes between them. Whether you got you know Billy's piano based stuff and the heavy metal hard rock stuff that Metallica has been doing for gosh, you know, almost 40 years now themselves. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's wild to see how many people, you know, really, um, I found that like both that like both. And it's funny cause a year or two ago, um, I happened to see Billy's Instagram post a photo of Billy backstage at a Billy show with James Hetfield. Yeah, and it was like my mind no was kidding. like blown right there. I'm like, oh my gosh, my two worlds are actually colliding right there in Chicago or something. And yeah, it was it was, it was pretty crazy to see both of them in a photo together. It was cool. Yeah, well, we all know Billy invented heavy metal That's with right. Attila, so you know the connection Absolutely. certainly makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know they they actually credit that album with the first blast beat. Oh, what's I forget what song it is offhand, but for like 15 seconds or so, John Smalls just gives you one of those. You want to keep reading them? I'm, I'm having a little trouble pulling them up here, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'll yeah, certainly sure. respond. All right. And we also have, we have Paul Trumbull from Michigan, which is where I'm from originally. Um, Paul writes, uh, I enjoyed the podcast immensely. There were times while listening to the first podcast that I actually teared up. I have the same passion for Billy Joel. He was my first musical love. I have so many more now, but he sparked my love for music. The first album I bought with my own money was Glass Houses. Actually, even the first 45 I bought as well was still rock and roll to me. He was also my first concert, February 1984 at the Chrysler Arena in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The afterglow of that concert stayed with me for weeks when I was 15. I can't wait to listen to more. My favorite hit of Billy's would be Moving Out. And one of my favorite deep tracks is also Sleeping with the Television On, as well as Laura. Nearly everything you say, I think, yes. Thank you for this. It made me so happy listening. Looking forward to more. Paul Trumbull. Yeah, cool. thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot, Thank Paul. you. Yeah, it's really cool to see. I'm telling you, man, sleeping with the television on, that's going to be like the sleeper. You know, in 15 years, everybody's going to be all it is. about There's that something home. about it. It's, I mean, and Glass Houses was stacked with so many hit songs. Um, so it's it's one of those, you know, like The Stranger as well had so many hits that it's like there's some great songs that just never were a single that, you know, but I think, I think sleeping with the television on, you're right. I think that's a sleeper that a lot of people are discovering more so now than ever. Yeah, it's just it's just hook after hook in that song. It you know, he really he really busted it out. I, I almost want to think that he could only have so many singles off the record and he had to draw the line somewhere. Like that's that's my uh my fan fiction like, theory. <laughs> they're like, okay, we don't want to completely oversaturate. Yeah, yeah, you got to stop somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I wish they would do that. I wish they would have that same theory with some artists <laughs> over the last twenty years. You know, it's like I've heard people say, you know, it's like, oh, I loved such and such album, but you couldn't escape it for like four years, and now I never listen to it. So it's 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 a fine line between breaking something to make a hit and oversaturation, I think. Yeah, I think. Um, did you ever read um, "The Power of Habit" by Charles Duhigg? It came out maybe ten years ago, eight years ago. 
I think so. Yeah, and they talked about Hey Ya and how they really had to prime the audience for that because it was a great song, but it was a little odd. And they just had to keep leading it in, leading it in, and then it and it just caught fire, you know. And then of course you couldn't not hear it anywhere. But um, yeah, I mean, but that's a difference between like one song that you hear all the time and like you know Billy Joel puts out an album and there's like a, a, just a succession of of singles. At least it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So we've got one more message uh, from Bob Young in uh, Farmington, Michigan. Uh, Bob writes that uh, in the fall of 1977, junior year, a few weeks before, I took my future wife out on our first date. It was my first uh, Billy Joel experience. I was I was only vaguely aware of New York State of Mind and thought Billy Joel was a jazz musician. Driving north on Telegraph Road just prior to reaching Plymouth Road and Just the Way You Are comes on the radio. I totally loved it and thought, wow, I guess I'm into jazz now. <laughs> Maybe that makes me special. <laughs> I immediately went out and bought The Stranger on 8-track and was surprised that he wasn't really a jazz musician, but I fell in love with him right away. I was a little aware of 52nd Street, but the next one I bought was The Nylon Curtain when I was in college. I bought the songbook and studied the studied that concurrently with my music theory classes, and it really helped. Then Songs in the Attic introduced me to his back catalog. Then I got 52nd Street. Then An Innocent Man came out just as I was heading home for Christmas break. My first concert was the Bridge Tour at Chrysler Arena. Absolutely no visible wires on the stage. It was amazing. Saw him again on the Stormfront Tour, and that was it. Concerts were a luxury back then. So... And then he goes on, Bob and I are friends, so he went on to some um, stuff just between us. But uh, so those were some of his early Billy memories. Uh, so, yeah, so I appreciate that, Bob. Um, I'm glad you're listening and uh, dig it so far. And uh, it's funny. Um, yeah, my so the two of our emails, they're both both of their uh, first Billy shows were at the same venue, different tours. So that's kind of cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's always exciting to hear from people that, that really got to see him back in his prime. I mean, my first concert was uh, the River of Dreams tour, and it was great. You know, I saw him two more times after that. But, you know, even going back and watching those old videos, man, it's like what what it must have been like to catch him on the Glass Houses tour or Innocent Man or even, mm-hmm. even you know, especially earlier, obviously. Um, I've been listening to the, uh, the Bottom Line Bootleg recently, which is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great that's a great one. Um yeah, you know, I've seen Billy, you know, I never saw him until the Stormfront tour. So most of my experience is there for as far as going to a show. And um his shows are still great to this day and so much fun and I never miss it. But yeah, I would have loved the chance to have seen him, you know, in the 70s and 80s uh like that. That would have been that would have been such a treat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what was your first, uh, you, yeah, that's right. You just had Stormfront. That's right. Yeah. Mine. Yeah. The Stormfront tour was my first tour, uh, February, 1990, um, at the palace of Auburn Hills in Michigan. And, uh, they're actually demolishing that venue as we speak. Well, probably not as we speak, but they're in the middle of tearing down that venue. Uh, so that was my first time seeing him. I was, uh, 10 years old, uh, family, Came with me, uh, my best friend Barry, and just it was a whole bunch of us. And we were sitting in the upper level, and I was I was pretty speechless. It was that was this was my first concert ever. So that was, this was my 
only concert experience at that time. And gosh, it was, it was so much fun. I'd imagine, especially that young too. It must've been uh, great. I mean, I saw him, I guess I was 12. It was um, seventh grade when river of dreams came out. So I was still pretty young. And uh, the only other concert I'd gone to was I saw the temptations in Atlantic city at like a nightclub. So that was a, you know, sit down at the, at the tables kind of thing, you know, sure. it's classy. Yeah. It was fun. And then I was like, wow, man, this is a party. <laughs> this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a whole different experiment seeing that kind of situation versus like an arena, an arena show. Uh, and, you know, you know, Billy, you know, at that point, you know, here, his live shows were super high energy, loud drums, loud guitars. And, you know, you're not getting that at a, like a Temptations, you know, show like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was up in the, in the, in the, uh, in the nosebleed seats and you could still see Liberty's like hands just going up and down and up and down the whole time. It was pretty cool. Mm. Like you didn't even need the binoculars for that. <laughs> no, not at all. It's, you know, I, I think I remember him mentioning like that, that was part of the reason why he plays like that was to play to the back of the room. Like his, I think his playing got more animated, the bigger the venues. So like, even if you're sitting in one of the worst seats, possible you can still see and feel what he's doing behind the drums you know yeah 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 that's that, that yeah i'd love to i'd love to go back now and just go through some old bootleg videos and and see how that pans out over time that'd be pretty funny yeah yeah that would be so i'd love to i'd love to know if anyone's uh you know on right now uh, what were some of your first what was your first billy joel show like when and where if you remember yeah let us know Should in the know? comments there yeah we're on a little bit of a delay, so that's why it may be a little odd at, at times. But Yeah. So Dave McLean wants to know, do we plan to get uh, the podcast on Apple's platform? I'll, I'll give that to you. You're the behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are already there. Um, we've got episode one through three already on Apple Podcasts. So um, if you search Glass Houses Billy Joel Podcast, you will find us. We are... We are uh, right there on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbean, um, almost every platform uh, that podcasts are, except for maybe like SoundCloud and YouTube, uh, you can find us. So that's um, just search Glass Houses, Billy Joel Podcast, and you will uh, you'll find us. Yeah. Oh, looks like Dewey. Yeah, Dewey, Nassau Coliseum. May 4th, 1998. So that would be Billy's uh, just before his birthday. So this was like the greatest hits three tour, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound familiar, Dewey? I, I want to say this was the greatest hits three tour. And this was not long after Billy, if I remember correctly, launched his first website. Um, and he they did like a fan vote which has been done to death by a million bands since then, which I think is still fun. But I think he did like a fan vote where people could vote on the set list or vote for, you know, X amount of songs to go in the set or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So it was the first and last time he's seen, he's seen him do. She's got away. Huh? I don't think I've seen him do that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, now that you mention it, it's almost um, surprising to think uh that he would do it in an arena, but you know, if anybody could pull it off, so <laughs> it's Billy. Yeah. I think what she's got away. It was a big enough hit that the crowd shuts up. <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough. Like, like, like I think if he were to roll through James or something like that, I don't think it would get the same attention. Yeah. That's um, fair. But I did, I saw him, um, 
would be during the Madison Square Garden run, I used to work, my earpods are making weird noises. Work used to take me to New York uh, once a year in April for the New York Auto Show where I would do some work. Um, and so I think three out of the four years I went there, um, it just happened to coincide with the April show that Billy had booked there. And so I was lucky to see, um, I was lucky to see She's Got Away, I think, on one of those shows. Cool. So speaking, yeah. Of, yeah. So speaking of she's got away, that's all the fan mail, right? Yes. So speaking of she's got away, um, that's a, I think that's a good segue into we wanted to do a little show and tell session, and I think yeah. we can only do this once because Michael's just going to run circles around me because I don't have nearly as much memorabilia. <laughs> I've been collecting since I was in the crib. Yeah. <laughs> but um, while he's getting ready, um, if anybody heard our last uh, podcast episode. Um, we talked about Cold Spring Harbor and we talked about the many different versions there are out there. And Michael talked about how he has an original pressing. So not the Columbia um, re-release in the early 80s, but the actual one on Family Productions. And I at least thought it would be cool if he kind of picks it up. And we talked about the differences, the things you see on the label, things like that. But we can can show it to you now. Yeah, absolutely. So at first glance, I'm going to hold them both up. I'm going to try to back up a little bit so they're in frame. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> I've got these in uh, sleeves, and this one's giving me some trouble. There we go. There we go. That's better. Okay. So. Oh, my mom's on here. I better behave now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Watch your manners, Jack. All right. <laughs> cool. So here we go. So here are two pressings of Cold Spring Harbor. So if you can see, yeah, I think you're a little choppy. So just make sure you hold them up for a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. So here's first glance. And on the one in my right hand here is, um, the Columbia reissue from 1983. And the one in my left hand is the family productions release from 1971. So, the two things you can really notice about it is the Columbia version, his head is zoomed in quite a bit. His face is it's a much tighter crop. And then if you look at the original from 71, it's much more zoomed out. So that's, that's a quick way you could tell which version it is. Um, and then just super quick on it, you know, the other giveaway is the label. The Columbia reissue has the standard standard label that he's had for years, which is the uh, red vinyl label with the uh, Columbia and orange around it. And then you got the family productions version, which looks quite different. that one it's a blue green label with the text in silver and then you see the family productions logo with stars all around it on the top so that kind of gives you an idea pretty cool and and you can't you can't tell by looking at it but these were mastered at the wrong speed so if you it's about seven or eight percent faster so if you throw this on a turntable and listen to it 
it's going to sound audibly different for sure. Yeah. And uh, my mom's goading me saying, who did you go to your first Billy Joel concert with? So I talked about this on the, uh, on the first episode, but yeah, it was uh, yeah. my parents, my cousins, everybody that, um, that we all uh, grew up listening to Billy Joel with together. Mom, I do tell the story about the guy behind us that lit up the joint and started smoking with all the kids right in front of him. That's right. So it's I been recorded that. for posterity. Yep. It's on the record now. Yeah, yeah. That was, that, that was funny. So my show and tell comes from my good friend Norm Russell, also known as Yeah Norm. And uh, Norm runs an open mic night in northeast philly at the reals near me and we've been going there for years and years and years and on the best nights we go back to his house because he has thousands of records uh, i think the guy just every time he leaves his house he buys another record he's got like a system where if the record's upside down he hasn't even listened to it yet so he's got like five copies of everything and, and this and that so a couple of weeks ago he says oh jack you know we got to get together and listen to records i got one i think you're really going to want to hear it and he wouldn't tell me what it was and he wouldn't tell me what it was just said he picked it up at a thrift store so finally i got him to come over and he and he pulls out this gem right here so for those of you that don't know the hassles was billy's original uh well second band technically when he was a teenager so this is pretty rare they put out two albums on united artists um you know obviously they they really didn't go anywhere so they went out of print um as far as i know i don't think they're on cd at least not as um just as the straight albums. I haven't seen it anywhere. Right. Um, it, exi it exists. United Artists or Universal, whoever owns the Masters, put it out in like the mid-90s. They basically threw both albums on one disc i think they call it you got me humming or something like that but yeah i don't i don't i, I don't think i've at least personally seen each individual one on a cd right right dave that's hilarious that's so funny that happened to you too so um so there's two cool things about this first of all it's it was really something listening to it and i think if you don't know it's billy if you just found this in a thrift shop you wouldn't think it but if you know you can hear his voice start coming out which is interesting but there's a very non-Billy Billy picture uh, right there of him in, uh, what was this, Michael, 1967? Oh, yeah, I want to say it was about 67, yeah. Right, so now we're listening to this, and it's stuck together. You know, it's a, it's a gatefold, and it's stuck. And so we're listening to this record, and we're listening to other records, and we're wondering, can we get this thing open? Should we risk it? You know, um, um, are we going to rip it? Yeah. Are we going to make it worse? So we, we kind of go in with a with a long, um, you know, like like butcher knife, and we just click, 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 going through, and we open it, right? So um, I'm going to try to roll this into frame the right way. So we open yeah. it up, and if you look, what do we see here? John Small. We, get, we got ourselves an autograph. And uh, who else is uh, uh, we got over here? I can't see Richie. We got ourselves an autograph. Come all the way over. No dice. Just a picture of Billy. It's a cool picture, but whoever got the autographs on this didn't uh, didn't get around to having Billy sign it. So what a shame. It was so oh, so close to being a true collector's item. Yeah, that's still really cool. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. You know what? I, I tell you what, the liner notes remind me of Iron Butterfly. Do you ever read the liner notes to Inagata Davida? Yeah, yeah. Um 
Yeah, it's just got that same, like, they're really just trying to, like, talk up what's just a bunch of teenagers, like, making a rock album. You know, they're just trying to find anything interesting to say. <laughs> Dave, yeah. I actually, uh, I worked at Tower Records on South Street in uh, 2001 and 2002. That's pretty cool. I never saw that one in there, though. I don't know when you got it. Yeah. So, so that's my oh, so, show and tell. So I'm going to show one more quick Billy-related thing. Um, this is another favorite album of mine. And this was just after The Hassles. This is the Attila record. Oh, you have it on record? Oh, you bum. I do. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. And I uh, I love the photo of him and John Small on the back. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. I managed to find it on eBay, like a really, really good deal about 10 years ago. Um, I didn't pay too much for it, believe it or not. And um, it's actually in remarkably good condition. The The vinyl is super clean and the cover, it's not all ripped apart, which you see a lot of these, a lot of the albums that came out in the 60s and early 70s were printed on this really hard cardstock. And the... The, the seams, seams get split, split really easy, easy and it, they, they fall apart and things like that. And uh, this, this one miraculously is still fully intact, which is so cool. That's awesome. You know, John Small yeah. uh, vaguely re um, resembles Doug Stegmeier in that photo. Very. Yeah, you know, I could see that. Just I could see it a little bit. Just a little, little in his eyes. Just look in his eyes. Looks a little like Doug. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> back in, I'm going to say. Maybe 2003, 2004. So, you know, when the best you could do was just uh, maybe download an MP3 or two from Napster or LimeWire. It wasn't like BitTorrents where you could get a whole album. I had only heard maybe one or two songs from Attila. And I did the same thing. I went on eBay, but I didn't have an account. And I think I had a feeling that like if I didn't have an account, somebody wouldn't really sell it to me. So I had to get this guy at work to... Um, you know, I say, I'll, you know, I'll bid on it. I'll pay you back, whatever it is. Just get this thing. And that poor guy, man, every day I saw my work, I'm like, did it come in yet? Did it come in yet? I was like a little kid. He's like, get the hell away from my desk. When it comes in, it comes in. I don't want it in my house. I'm not holding on to it. Right. I'll just give it to you. <laughs> so oh, it took like hilarious. two months for whoever it was to finally get off their butt and ship it out. And I had it on cassette and I was riding around in the, in the car listening to it. Like finally after all those years. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. So, all right. Uh, I think we're doing well. Um, hopefully the audio is yeah. coming through. I know the video is a little choppy. Um, yeah. You know, once this, uh, when this quarantine thing started going down, I kind of went buck wild and, and just bought some AV equipment. Um, so this is pretty new to me. Um, everything is coming in to me. So if, if anybody happens to be like so curious what's going on right now is that, well, Michael and I live on opposite sides of the country. I'm in Philadelphia and you are in, I know you're in Washington state and I always forget the city. Yeah. So it's a uh, Longview, Washington, like the uh, green day song. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's where they get that from. Man. Every time I talk to you, I learn uh, something. <laughs> actually, according to Billy Joe Armstrong, uh, there was a rock club in this town that they played it for the first time and they didn't have a title. Mm -hmm. um, so they just called it Longview because this is where they played it first and it stuck according to him. So that's kind of neat. Huh, that's cool. So, yep. yeah. So um, I'm talking to Michael via Skype and I'm just um, 
going into my program with a webcam and then I'm going into OBS studio and then I put together, you know, we put together all those graphics and stuff and we're pushing it back out to you guys. But it's been, uh, you know, trying to find a, you know, any excuse if I have to go out to, to get groceries, I go out and buy an ethernet cable or I go out and buy a capture card and, you know, <laughs> little by little, I'm, I'm trying to get this uh, up and running so we get some quality yeah. audio and video going for you guys. But it sounds like the audio is going through, at least even if we're a little choppy sometimes. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah, that's good. So let's uh, let's jump down. I wanted to do a couple top fives. If anybody's seen uh, High Fidelity or otherwise is a music nerd, you've probably played this game at some point. Yeah. You just go, just list your top five songs by whatever topic you guys come up with. And yeah, when Jack, when you proposed this, I was like, Ooh, this, this is a tough one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why i cheated and i came up with like six top fives to do i'm like well that's going to cover most of the catalog <laughs> like if you can't put it in one you'll find another spot right good point good point <laughs> so i'm tricky but let's do um let's do three of them let's do the first two let's do okay. uh, the first two and then the bottom two because uh the last one's not a billy joel one how's that sound perfect let's do it yeah all right cool so the first one we wanted to do was um, our top five greatest songs or top five favorite songs each from uh, Greatest Hits 1, Greatest Hits 2, and Greatest Hits 3. Yep. So these would be uh, the big hits. So, you know, when we're telling you our favorite songs, we don't have to try to, you know, go all rock snob and, and, and come out with some obscure B-side. You know, we can just go ahead and say it's Piano Man if we feel like it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> you want to go first, uh, Michael? Yeah, sure. So my number five was the entertainer. Um, and I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that I chose it as well. I mean, when you're digging through the hits, there's a million, a million options. So, uh, but I really like the street life serenade album and I, I feel like it kind of got lost in Billy Joel's catalog. Um, you know, with the piano man having obviously piano man and all things like that. It, um, I, I feel street life just kind of got skipped over a little bit. And then yeah, had turnstiles, the stranger and so on. Um, so I'm going to go the entertainer for number five. Uh, what do you got? What do you got for your number five? You know, I didn't put them in order. Uh, <laughs> whoops. So, uh, all right. Uh, it, what the hell did I write there? I don't even know what that says. Okay. So I got four of these for sure. We're going to put, um, I'm going to put this. I'm going to put captain Jack as number five from the, okay. from the first, from uh, volume one. Volume one. So for those out there, so we're kind of the, the, I don't know if you've realized it, but the vinyl version, the CD version, the cassette version, the side one and two is different and there's some different track listings. So we kind of combine like basically anything from any version of it is fair game. We're considering volume one and two, the songs that were from, you know, Cold Spring Harbor through The Stranger. Volume two is going to be anything 52nd Street all the way through the two new songs from 1985. Yeah. So, you know, it was I had it on cassette, not CD, and the cassette version didn't have Captain Jack. So it took me a little while longer to, to really hear that one. Um, I used to go to my cousin's mm -hmm. house and listen to Piano Man. I didn't have it for the longest time. So uh, it took me a little while to find that song. Um, but once mm -hmm. I got it, you know, I really dug it. I do like the songs in the attic version better. Um but it is a great song, and I think one of the things I love about it, it's such an odd, it's such an odd subject, and it's treated um, sympathetically, but not uh, totally buying into it. I guess you know, like he's you know he's got yeah, some yeah. disdain for the character, but he's not just you know 
crapping on them either. So I think that made for a, a, an interesting song. A lot of tension. Oh, nice. Nice. That's a good choice. That's a great choice. A quick hello uh, from a few folks here who uh, I've got a few different watch parties going on that I'm neg- that I'm neglecting. So my uh, buddy Pete Schmidt says hello. Pete is an incredible singer-songwriter from Atlanta. Um, I actually worked with Pete um, years ago, years ago, gosh, 2003, 2004, um, when he put out his first EP and then his first full-length album, No Safe Bet. Uh, so he's uh, down there with his family in Atlanta, and I uh, rumor has it he's working on some new songs, so that's exciting. And then uh, our friend Melissa, who uh, the radio show Songs from the Attic, she says hello, as well as Mary Ferguson. Cool. Yeah, Songs in the Attic. Hi. So yeah, Songs in the Attic was very kind to give us a shout out the other day. We really appreciate that. That was really cool to see pop up, you know, just to see, uh, you know, we're all in it and we're, you know, we're we're all celebrating this great music and we're all, you know, doing it together. Absolutely. So go check out Songs from the Attic if you get a chance. Um, So back to our list here. I'm going to go number four. I put Only the Good Die Young. Um, Just something about that shuffle and the way those guys play it's i i just going back i remember that being a song that i played over and over again from this particular set so that's gonna be my number four cool all right number four i'm going with always a woman and this was not a favorite of mine for a very long time uh i think i mentioned this on the on the podcasts we've recorded you know, to me, one of the one of the small drawbacks of getting into Billy Joel or any band really when you're really young is you, you kind of don't have the patience for a ballad when you're five years old. Um, they're slow. Your He-Man action figures are way more interesting than that. So it takes me a while to come back around to those. But uh, for this song, um, you guys will all hear in a couple of weeks. We have a very special episode coming up that we've been working on in bits and pieces. And I had the chance to connect with this song in a, in a really spectacular, amazing way. And I, it's just this song has been stuck in my head ever since. So this was a, a late addition to my top five. Nice choice. Nice choice. Yeah. So my number three on this list is going to be Captain Jack. Nice. So my, mine made the top five. That made the top five for me as well. Um, I just always loved that song. And I think... I rediscovered it on Songs in the Attic, and I think that brought me back to this version as well. And um, it's one of the standout songs on the set to me, and then just and on Piano Man as well. Cool. Yeah, my number three, now we're just kind of swapping them back and forth. My, my number three is The Entertainer. Uh, it took yeah. me a while to hear this one again because I, I had the cassette version, and I'll never forget, I was we were driving over the Verrazano Bridge, and The Entertainer comes on, and my dad goes, hey, it's Billy Joel. I'm like, what, what Billy Joel song is this? I've never heard it. And um, that was the first time I really, really got a good glimpse of pissed off Billy Joel. You know, <laughs> it's such a caustic song. I love it. Um, later on, when I got into like, yes, and all these. Uh, I think I lost my audio real quick. I think you're here. So, I, I can hear you. Keep talking. I'm switching to headphones. Sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so I heard it on the radio, uh, you know, so it was almost a bonus track to me, not having Street Life Serenade yet. And uh, it was really cool. I loved how caustic it was. I loved how pissed off he sounded in it. 
later on when I got into Yes and Emerson, Lake and Palmer and all those, and I, and I, and I understood the power of the Moog synthesizer and I came to understand that that's what he was playing. That just added another dimension to it. So I really got into this one. Right on. Uh, my number two is going to be moving out. Okay. And, um, I just love this song. The groove on it is fantastic. Um, just the the storyline of the whole song is just great, and the the ending is probably one of my favorite Billy endings with a, you know, the Doug Stegmaier Corvette peel out, and uh, and just that big. I love that that uh, that ending there. Um, so yeah, moving out number two for me. Cool. I'm gonna go with the Stranger for number two. Uh, was always an early favorite of mine. Almost yeah. scared me as a kid. It's so menacing. You know, I've talked about other ones being caustic or whatever. And and because as a kid, it's so cryptic. You have no conception of what he's talking about. All you know is it's got this weird intro. He's He's got that, like, real draw going on to it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you know it's got to do with the cover. The cover is a little creepy looking. So you're putting yeah. this all together. And a um, song I didn't hear for a while. And when I got back into it, I was like, man, it's, it's got a great groove. It's got a creepy groove. It's yeah. just it's just a, a great song all around. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, I love the stranger. I'm surprised I didn't put it into my top five. And that's the thing with the, with there's so many songs, you're gonna be like, oh, you know, I love that one too. It's it's so it's really hard. And I think I tried to do this without overthinking it too much. So I think that made it a little more this is what I think at this moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. So my number one for Great Assists Volume One is Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Probably in my top five or even top three Billy Joel songs of all time. Um, just everything about that song, I love it. Um, it's it's seven plus minutes long, and it it doesn't feel like it, which is tough to do in, in a song. Um, the saxophone part uh, just is one of my favorite Richie Cannata lines, and uh, during. Um, one of the you know one of the uh, breakdown sections uh, underneath Richie's piano solo, um, Liberty's drum part, where he's doing this kind of thing on the ride cymbal, and he's doing a fill with his left hand between the snare and the toms. I actually that was the inspiration for a song, um, at least the drum part at a song that my band did years ago, and I I kind of copped that vibe just in one smidge <laughs> of one of our songs. But uh, yeah, I've always loved scenes. Um, just top to bottom, such a perfect song, in my opinion. That's awesome. I left this off my top five just because it seemed like it was too obvious. Um, yeah. I wanted to give a couple things a rep. But, you know, that's one of those songs, and I put it up there with Terrapin Station by The Grateful Dead, that, you know, I, I love, I really, 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 really love when it's a song within a song. Um, yeah. It, it, there's just something about that that way. It reminds me of uh, 10,001 Arabian Nights. With thousand one Arabian Nights, what is that? You know, where there's a, a framework around the around these short stories, sort of thing. Yes, yeah. And you know that you know, interpretation seems from Italian restaurant. You get that feeling of, of of floating away into a story. And you know, a friend of mine, he he thinks the the Dixieland part's a little cheesy. I'm like, no, man, that's what makes it great. It's that it's that idea of sitting around a fire and seeing images occur. You know, and 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 when you and when you go back even and you look at like old Disney movies and stuff. You know, maybe Fantasia would be the most obvious, but I was thinking even Dumbo and stuff like that. You know, it, it's it's how it spoke with that visual language. And um, 
scenes had a visual language to it you know by using all these audio cues where you could see the marching band going down the street you know even the brenda and eddie part um just something about the way it flows you can you could you could just the way he talks about them you, you can just see it as people talking about this couple sort of thing yeah the changes in scene uh they're, they're really uh art so artfully done um but that said my number one here is going to be moving out um i always love this one I love the Corvette peel out. I love the I love the strut, just the absolute swagger to this to this song. The older I get, um, the 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 more I get out of the lyrics here and there. You know, watch, sure, watching how yeah. people you know live and 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 do these things, and uh, I'll put that as my number one on that one. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, you want to jump down? To, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, you want to jump down to deep cuts? Because we took a nice long time. So we got two and three. We can do on other ones, I think. Yeah, I think so. So let's do deep cuts. Number five um, for me. Um, I'm very surprised with my list other than my number one. Um, as I start putting this together, it just this is the first thing I typed. And I'm like, okay, interesting. So my number five is actually going to be the Great Suburban Showdown. Ooh. Yeah. Ha <laughs> um, from Street Life Serenade, it's um, a song that not many folks have heard. Um, you know that, like I said, that that album's kind of a sleeper album in general. Um, but it just paints such a picture of suburban life, which I could identify with. And um, you know, I just you know really liked the production of it. It's a very '70s sounding song, but um, just a great melody. And um, yeah. It's, Great suburban showdown for me, number five. That's really cool. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna change my <laughs> one of mine now. I think. Uh, no, I'll keep it. I was, all right, so I'm so real quick. I'm gonna make then Roberta an honorable mention, <laughs> but I'm going to go with number five is gonna be I've loved these days, and I'm only yeah. putting it number five because I think that of all the other ones I picked, that's maybe the most well known of it. Um, <laughs> it's so amazingly bittersweet. I remember when I was a kid, I almost couldn't listen to it because it was so sad and I didn't know why he was sad. You could just tell something was very sad about it. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest with you, the last couple of weeks, that's been the one that just keeps popping up in my head with everything going on. It just, just has yeah, that, sure. you know, you know, obviously Miami 2017 is the big apocalypse song, but that's yeah. the big personal apocalypse one, you know. Agreed. If yeah. uh, you know, if Miami twenty seventeen is wait for this one is the apocalypse of the future. I've loved these days is apocalypse now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> I need I need a rim shot. Jesus. And now one yeah, of my drums. drums. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's my number five. All right, my number four is going to be off the bridge album. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this was his duet with Cindy Lauper. Code of Silence. Mm. Um, I love that it's acoustic guitar driven. Um, it's just just the the rich tone of that acoustic guitar, and Billy. You know, typically wasn't a duets guy. I mean, up until this album, there were weren't special guests or duets or anything like that, and um, and Cindy co-wrote it with Billy as well, and. So it gave it a bit of a different edge and a different approach. And I love their harmonies and the way they sing together. Um, and I've never seen it live or never heard it on the radio or anything like that. But uh, 
it's a, I, I love the chorus and great melodies all around. So yeah, that, before. yeah, that one's definition of, of deep cut. Um, I tell you, it's, it's so odd lyrically and that I never quite got into it, but I, I definitely appreciate it in mm-hmm. those ways. There's so, yeah, there's something, there's, there's some good drama to it for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh state of grace. Number four. Always love that one. Buried deep on Stormfront. Yeah. Um, I love the hook. I love mm-hmm. the keyboard sound on it. Yeah. Um, it's it's such an I think it's such a, a vulnerable and honest song, and it's written. It's nothing anybody else that would consider them a rock, themselves a rock star would ever write. Robert Plant would never go up and 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 bear it out that much you know <laughs> no that's a good point yeah yeah and yeah and you know the 80s being billy joe's big you know i'm a famous rock star i'm married to a model years you know to put something out like that on an album even on the second side you know towards the end yeah, um yeah. you know it's, it's it's courageous in its way and and i just thought it was so well done and um it's Agreed. on par with almost on par with with some of the really devastatingly honest and mature songs that like Billy Bragg writes, where it's like just such a great um, adult yeah. mature look at love. So I'm gonna put that. Yeah, that's that's a way to put it. Yeah, and I, I do love how he pushes his vocal on it. I mean, this for Billy as he's turning forty on this album, he, he, he's he's really hitting some of the high registers. Like overall, that song is up there vocally, and he's just it's just such a strong vocal as well so let's see deep cut for me number three i'm gonna go down to the nylon curtain album okay and surprises Mm. yeah it's you know it's his beatles record and um surprises really really screams beatles to me and i just love liberty's groove with it it just the way it um, the way it moves around Billy's, is it a harpsichord he's playing on that? Song? Sounds like it. Yeah. During the verses at least. Um, and just, it's very different and very kind of, you know, like we were talking about B sections earlier and on an earlier episode. And this is, you know, this is one of those B sections that's a little strange and out there, but it, it still works for the song. And, it's it's a fun one to listen to and um, buried in the back of uh, Nylon Curtain, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put that solid at number three. That's cool. You know, it's it's funny as we talk about these. It's it's a uh, it's fun to find these these ones where we say, wow, that's a that's a weird song for somebody that's known as as being you know such a uh, yeah straight ahead pop guy. You know, he does have these. Uh, real quick, do we call? I'm looking at this here. CW Post College, May 6th, 1977. Definitely going to check that out. Thanks. I love old college shows because they're so intimate. And he, he had he was uh, he was so hungry in those days that those those um, those shows are yeah. always great. Uh, let's see what we got here. Deep cuts. Last of the big time spenders. I dig that. Dave McLean. Oh, Everybody yeah. has a dream. That one. That one grew on me. Uh, we played the stranger all the way through uh, last year with a band, and uh, we were all like, "Man, it's it's a shame this one isn't bigger because it's a fun one to play." I don't want to be alone. That's oh man, that's a good <laughs> one. Um, it's funny. Only recently did I realize what a uh, Elvis Costello sort of pastiche that one is. I like it a lot. Oh yeah. Especially the way he's singing that ver- those verses. Yeah, that 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 stuffy nose vocal that Elvis Costello did so well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could totally see it. You're right. Yeah, yeah, uh, Michael, we're gonna have to take singing lessons because we're starting to like sing parts on the sing podcast. Parts, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to get some ringers in here to like sing the parts we're talking Seriously. about. <laughs> what am I up to? Uh, three, 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 three. Travel and prayer. 
always loved traveling prayer. Always loved Ooh, me yeah. a good train beat. Uh, even though I was from Brooklyn, and you were not allowed to like country music. <laughs> so, <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, funny little story. You know how when you're a kid, um, and you see something on a commercial, and you just repeat it. So they used to have this commercial on, and it was uh, all your favorite country, country and western songs are now on, you know, one hundred two point three FM. Oh, so yeah. one day I'm in the car with my dad, and we drive along. I'm like, Dad, put on one hundred two point three. He's like, Why? It's like it's all your favorite country and western songs. Get the hell out of here! I'm not listening to country western. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it's it's such a it's such an odd song for Billy, but it's such a fun yeah. song. It's it's. You know, it's well written. Uh, I always love the uh, the violin on it, the fiddle. Um, the fiddle, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a fantasy song. And it, that's yeah. that's appealing in its way. So I'll put that as number three. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Let's see. My uh, number two is going to be off 52nd Street. We've got Until the Night. Ooh, ooh, okay. Yeah. And it's his tip of the hat to the Righteous Brothers. And... Um, always loved the uh, 52nd Street version. I think it's fantastic. Um, but I think I, I even got a new appreciation for it when um, Sony put out the um, the Life of Long Island version on YouTube a couple years ago, which was the first time I ever saw The Light of Day. And I love that live performance of it. Um, you've got... Um, you know, because it's a very vocal heavy song. And so on this, you've got specifically Mark um, um, Russell Javers and Doug Stegmeyer handling a lot of the vocals. And um, like there's the midsection um, at, um, when the day when the sun goes down and the day is over, that whole bit. Billy and Russell are trading lead vocals back and forth and it just sounds so good. And then during the choruses, um, it's Billy and Doug. And it was at this was the first time I noticed how well Billy and Doug sing together. Like Doug sounds like Billy. I mean, they, their voices together. Like when I watched this live clip, it sounded like Billy harmonizing with himself. And then I realized, no, that's Doug. And it's, it was just incredible. Um, Yeah. It's another long song as well, but uh, I I love it. Love it. That's cool. Yeah. all right, another, another, another quick Jack as a kid story with that one. I used to think the line was, I never ask you where you go when I leave you with the money. <laughs> and my, my, my justification was he goes to work and he gives his wife money to go shopping. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not, here's the money, go do your shopping. I'm not going to ask what you buy. It's some good fella stuff. How much you need? The... Right, right. <laughs> Uh, what are we up to here? Number two, get it right the first time. Love this song. Always love this song. Will always love this song. Don't care if other people don't like this song. Um, yeah, it's 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 hapless Billy, and I love hapless Billy. I love Billy. <laughs> He's just like this bumbling character, and that's kind of what he is here, you know. Um, yeah, if you, I tell you what, man, he's got some great songs for like if you've ever like felt awkward, awkward around the opposite sex, man. He's he he speaks to that really well, and I think this is one where he does it well, but he doesn't get maudlin about it, and he doesn't like get down on himself. It's just like he's a little nervous, he's a little hand wringing, he's he's gonna go yeah. in, he's gonna give this a shot, you know, that kind of thing. The groove yeah. is great. Um, yep, it's funny when I uh, I had the the distinct pleasure of interviewing Liberty a couple of years ago. And he was telling me how, you know, he was, that was his Steve Gadd impression, uh, doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how, um, 
that that song took them the longest. It took the the entire band the longest to do. And Phil Ramone had to be like, you know, guys, for for a song called "Get It Right" the first time, you did not get it right the first time. <laughs> not one bit. You know, I always wondered. Um, next time I talk to him, I'm, I'm, I've I've always wondered why they chose to do a fade up, like a fade in, just. To, on the song because it's such a great you know what i'll bet you i'll, I'll put money nah, yeah i'll put money on it. what the hell i would not a lot but i'll put some money on this right what came out okay. first 50 ways to leave your lover or get it right the first time oh good question if it's 50 know. ways i'll bet you that it's it's an homage to that because that fades yep. into the drums i could see that let's see 50 ways to leave your lover was 75 so it beat it by two years and you know who produced it phil ramon phil ramon yeah so that's my theory that's my fan fiction for the night i i'm gonna hop on board with that i'm gonna hop on board with that um uh um i don't know how to say his last name mike stutz from retold yes yeah uh uh he put out um he uh did some break aparts i think of the the sacd uh six you know oh, yeah. six channel tracks there is some uh there's some mean synthesizers on that song it's buried it follows the bass line and it's like some like nice dirty really? uh analog synth. Yeah. yeah really buried down if you listen for it you'll hear it okay i gotta check that out oh i have to check that one out so we're down to number one i think on our deep cuts right mm-hmm so um I've already talked about this in, um, I think, in our first episode. Um, Sleeping with the television on from Glass Houses. Nothing I don't like about it. It's one of my favorite Billy songs. And, you know, like we said, it's a sleeper. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything's a hook in it. I mean, the guitar parts are hooks. Like, both guitar parts, to me, are singable you know, it's I love the way David Brown and Russell Javers play off each other guitar wise. And it's just got such a groove. Um, and it's got, you know, it's that very cool 80s power pop that I just love. Um, and um, the the choice of the organ solo is interesting. I don't know what to make of that. Um, but that is uh, but overall, it's just such such a good song. Yeah, definitely. Well, it was my number one, too, which, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this one before. So I guess we, we both saw this one. No surprise. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was thinking about, you know what I love? I love that little Fonzie A at the beginning. Hey, hey. Wah, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. And to me, because you hear some of that stuff all over the Glass Houses album. And to me, and, you know, Billy has gone on to say, you know, that this was like the most fun album that they've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just so loose and having fun and they just wanted to make a fun rock and roll record. And like the fact that stuff like that ends up on the, the recording to me just kind of speaks to like how loose they were. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, it reminds me of, uh, the, the video from my life where they're walking through the studio and, and you can't catch up with them and he's like going like that, you know, it's like, the same kind guys. of like, hapless Billy as I call him. <laughs> hapless Billy. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man, that's a, I got some. I got some to go back and listen to now that I haven't uh, dusted uh, dusted off in a while. Yeah. So what do you think? You want to get off Billy for a second and try to come back? Or yeah, let's do that. Let's All right. That. So I think this will be interesting. We just um, as as Michael and I get to know each other too, and we get to know you guys. You know, let's kind of talk about some of the other bands we're into. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know, Michael. What what else? What have you always been into? And we'll say anything you've kind of discovered recently. 
Yeah. Um, so I, um, one band that I have, I wouldn't say always, but I discovered probably when I was 10 years old is Metallica. And there's no secret, uh, if you've listened to the episodes before that I am a mega fan. Um, I first saw them in 1997 on the load tour, saw them most recently with the San Francisco symphony down in San Francisco last year. That was incredible. Um, yeah. And they, they are one band who just constantly evolves. I mean, they were considered thrash metal pioneers in the eighties with their first couple albums and they grew and expanded. And in the nineties, you know, they made such a huge rock record and then they went the total opposite way and did like kind of a more dirty bluesy rock record with a little alternative thrown in the mix, cut their hair short, you know, the whole bit. And they're just a band that's always evolved and always been so interesting to me. And they're so good to their fan base and just all time favorite band uh, would be Metallica that I've, you know, I've been a fan of most of my life. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll go with um, Frank Zappa. Zappo yeah. I got into in uh, in high school, and uh, I'm into. I can't say I'm into Zappa like some people are into the Grateful Dead. Yep. But uh, uh, yeah. Once once I got on that bus, I just never got off. And that was um. There's a, there's a line in the Frank Zappa book where he used to say he used to play Edgar Varese, uh, for people that came over as the ultimate test of their intelligence. You know, I can understand yeah. it. And, you know, my, my young snotty ways would be like, if you don't get Frank's up, you're not that smart, you know. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, every every couple of years, man, I cycle right back. I'll get into a different group of his albums. I'll find something new to love about it. You know, most recently I got into um, Roxy and Elsewhere. You can't do that on stage, volume two, one size mm-hmm. fits all. And yeah. uh, just, man, it was like it was just like discovering a whole different band again. Oh, I bet. I remember when I was back when I used to tour manage for a living years ago and um, the guy I was out with Ashton Allen, he um, I remember he picked up uh, Baby Snakes uh, DVD and we had a DVD player installed in the Chevy Suburban we were touring around in. Uh-huh. And that was one of the things that was like heavy, heavy rotation for like a year while we were on the road. That's, I believe it. Hey, real quick, I'm sorry. Dave McLean, thanks so much for hanging out, man. Have a good night. Uh, yeah. Hope to see you so again much. soon. That's awesome. That must have been a fun one, too. Uh, I love, what's it, Muffin Man at the end of that one with the him and Terry Bazio going buck wild at the yep. end? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And Terry was like a kid back then. Yeah. A couple of those he guys so he picked young. up, they were kids. Vinny Kaliuta was pretty young. I'm going to lean on the drummers now. Somebody else was... Uh, a baby. Steve Vai was probably pretty young when he started with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing. Frank j- just knew how to assemble like these young, raw, talented people. Yeah. And who, who weren't like so set in their ways that, 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 you know, these guys were like willing to go with whatever he was going to throw at him. Yeah. He was like Miles Davis, you know, he was one of those guys. It was uh, the Holy Grail to play with him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he used sure. to just change him up all the time. Um, all right, cool. How about somebody, uh, somebody newer that you've been into? Or if I put you on the spot, cause I wrote these out, clearly I can go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, by newer, I'm going to say within the last decade. Um, so this is a singer songwriter, uh, based out of California. His name's Tyrone Wells. Uh-huh. And just, 
just an incredible, incredible musician. Um, he's got such a rich voice, um, has, can write a pop song to rival any pop song out there. Um, he's put out several albums dating back to the 90s. Um, prior to being solo artist, he was in a band called Sky Park, um, which I think was like a Christian type rock band. And um, But he... Um, has the most captivating live show. Um, and I've, you know, my wife and I, Jen, we've seen him several times over the last 10 years and, um, gotten to know him a bit, you know, just going to shows and he is just such an incredible, nice guy to boot. So that's, um, that helps. Um, but I would recommend checking that guy out. His name's Tyrone Wells. Cool. Definitely. Uh, Real quick, Dewey Cole. No, I have not seen him do Sleeping with the Television on live. That sounds awesome. Uh, If you're still here, I'm kind of curious to to know what the uh, what the reaction was like in the in the in the stadium that night or, you know, in the garden that night, Um, because it is such a deep cut. Like, did people like go nuts for Were people like a little we're not sure what's going on? Like, what was that like? But uh, man, that would be that would be uh, great to see, especially if you're you're into it. It's got to feel like he's playing it just for you. So that's great. And, you know, for me, I get why he, you know, I get why his shows are 95% hits because he's playing for the, for those who know the hits. I mean, you know, if we were due to do a deep cut show, it would probably be a theater show, you know, something small that like, you know, which would be incredible. But for me, having seen him so many times, that's what gets me excited is the off chance I see something live for the first time. You know, like a year or two ago, a couple of years ago in New York, I saw them try to do running on ice. Oh, I saw um, the video of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like they were just figuring it out as they went along. That was a ton of fun. And I saw them in Portland, Oregon back in 2017. And they did a stop in Nevada, which was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have so, to go find that now. So like stuff like that. I might have put it on YouTube myself, to be honest with you. I just like Find your account. took out the phone, held it to my chest so it wasn't looking through a viewfinder. Yeah. And just like, I'm like, I got to capture this, but I want to still pay attention. Um, I think it might be on my YouTube page. Nice. Uh, so um, which way I want to go with this. All right. I'm going to talk about these guys. I talked about some of the other stuff on a, on an episode. I got into yeah. chip tunes, uh, over the past couple of years, which is pretty cool. So it's, um, people, uh, uh, actually composing music on game boys. So it all sounds like old Nintendo music. Uh, oh, cool. But you know, a lot of these guys are serious composers and they're just using that as the medium. And so two of them, uh, is Chipocrit, which is actually out of Philly. Uh, I saw him play live at a, um, actually on a talk at a talk about, um, uh, about chip tunes and, uh, he's a little more punky. And then there's this guy from Britain who, from what I understand was writing some of this stuff in high school and college called fear of dark. And, um, man, dude, if you like instrumental music, if you have any sort of nostalgia for Nintendo, if you like electronic music, check out Chipocrit, check out fear of dark. I love what they do. It's so textured. It's so sophisticated. Um, And not in a snotty way. It's just, it's pleasing. It's like a meal, you know, and it's, but it's so accessible because it's not strings and, you know, bassoons and stuff. So if like, you know, you have a sort of aversion to what sounds like uh, dusty old classical music, you know, you get that, you get that chance to really feel and hear all that great melodic harmonic stuff, all this great arranging, but in a language that, that maybe resonates with you a little more. So that's one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, good choice. 
Good choice. See, Dewey Cole says uh, he was swapping out. He went out with all for Lena. I caught that at the next show. Both reactions were subpar. <laughs> yeah. And it's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. But, you know, you know, Dewey, you were there and there was a couple other people. You guys were just spread out and you guys all had a great time with it. Minor variation. I think that one's way riskier. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all right. How you feeling? Uh, we don't have a way to communicate yet behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. I am so afraid to touch my computer. God forbid something happens. So I'm just like the the fact that this stream has stayed up the whole time is encouraging. Come on, man! Don't say that now. <laughs> my computer is gonna blow up. <laughs> my house is gonna fall down. <laughs> yeah. The only casualty so far has been my AirPods. Apparently, the batteries now are only lasting about 45 minutes. Ooh. So I switched to the studio headphones, but other than that. It's still going. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think this is a, a pretty good spot. I think we, we got a good, you know, every time we do one of these, we're like, man, I hope we got enough to talk about. And then yeah. we, we get through about half the list. So, <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. It's pretty funny. We, um, there's some, we're like, we don't, we're like, nah, I don't think, I don't know if this will be a, enough and we'll go through it and, Sometimes like you, you know, we both have decided we're like, you know, there, it turns out there's so much to unpack here. Maybe we'll save this for something else because it's, there's so much to talk about. So it's, 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 it's amazing what, once you start to kind of unpeel things, how much there is. Mm -hmm. Dewey, we're going to wait a while. Uh, we're trying to space out the album episodes because we run the risk of blowing through those real quick. So, yeah, we had talked about how we want to do it. Um, you know, I think we're going to, we're also not going to go in sequential order necessarily. Um, we just figured Cold Spring Harbor was a good natural starting point. And, um, but we're going to jump around a bit. So, you know, you may see, um, you know, you may see us dig into just a year like 1987, or you might see us go talk about, you know, Russell Javers on an episode and then we'll go talk about Stormfront and then we'll talk about Danny Korchmar, you know, so we're kind of going to bounce around his career and, um, you know, because if we kind of just go through it, then there's a definite kind of ending point as far as releases and albums and things like that. So we figured it'd be fun to kind of jump around and, and just kind of see where it made sense. Yeah. And if you're still tuning in, here's a little um, sneak peek. Our next episode is going to be live from Long Island. Yeah. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we made a really, really nice viewing companion to this where we kind of dug in. We, we, we searched the nooks and crannies of everything you can see on, on the camera on stage. We, we, we looked into who was playing that night. Um, got some backstory and history of things that were going on. We found some uh, reviews that came out. Um, mm -hmm. when it was coming on HBO, right? HBO. Yeah. First came out on HBO. Yeah. So, yeah. and that comes out next week. I've lost track of time. It's going to be a, yeah, a week from yesterday. So it's going to be, yeah. Next. What is that? The 31st? Yeah. I got uh, probably. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the pattern yet, we were releasing episodes every other Tuesday. Um, so the first, the last one came out on the, um, 17th, I want to say. And, um, the next one's going to be out next Wednesday. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Uh, so I want to put real quick before we uh, kind of wrap up too, I want to kind of 
you know, I think Dewey's still with us. How are you guys holding up out there? This is kind of a new world that we're just, you know, kind of quarantined at home and everything's shut down, so to speak, out there. How are you dealing with it over there, Jack? I'm doing all right. Um, like I said, my, uh, my, my coping mechanism was to decide that I have to live stream. So it was uh, run out by a camera. Run out by a capture card, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I work from home anyway, but now my kids are home and my girlfriend's here too because everybody's yeah. home. So I moved my desk down to the basement. And then after like a week of that, I was like, all right, I'm being a complete hermit. So I have to come back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, I, but then I'm at the damn fridge every two seconds. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm going back to the basement, you know. Going back to the basement. Yeah. That's fun. So, uh, you know, it hasn't been that bad. Um, yeah, Philly's, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I go out, but I, I try to just, you know, go go to the store if I absolutely need something or uh, yeah. grab some food. But there's a lot of people that's still out there. And, you know, I started yeah. finally seeing some people with face masks and stuff. So I think people are starting to get the idea. But it's yeah. it's weird, man. It's uh, I think we all kind of settled into it. And at some point, we're all just going to freak, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But hopefully yeah. come out of it before that. How about yeah, you? Yeah, for sure. It's It's been interesting Um, by nature of a lot of – I'm not going to get into the – details but the nature of a lot of what i do for work it's all been pretty pretty affected by this so things things are have ground to a halt work-wise for now um so i'm hoping that that kind of you know once this all passes things resume in some form um so right now it's just a major holding pattern um and we were actually on vacation when everything started to like go crazy with this um, we took a, you know, we're on the West coast. So we went out, out to Maui for, uh, the week and which we'd been planning forever. And by the time we left, nothing was so crazy yet that it made us any, gave us like legit pause to cancel or anything. And so we got out there, but no sooner did we get out there that everything started to just unravel in the States. Mm. And Hawaii was kind of the last of the states to really kind of be affected by it. So everything was still open. It was all business as usual, but everyone was talking about it. Mm -hmm. But then when there was starting to get talk of, you know, stay at home orders and travel impacts and canceled flights and we're like, yeah, Maui's beautiful, but we can't afford to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we're like, you know, so we ended up just coming home a day or so early just to kind of get out ahead of it. And uh, no sooner did we leave that they started shutting things down there. And and as you do when you go on vacation, you know, you kind of empty your fridge of all the perishables. So we actually needed to go like real grocery shopping when we got home. And that was I've never been that stressed to go grocery shopping before. It's <laughs> yeah. Been, it's been nuts. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, to that point, uh, anybody that's that's uh, with us right now, and, and if you're watching this later too, please chime in. Um, I mean, this is great fun for us, but the real yeah. reason we decided to go live every other week um, in between the regular episodes was because we're all just stuck at home. And yep. so we kind of took a guess that eight o'clock Eastern time would be a good time for people, but yep. you know, please let us know. Cause I know, and we know that a lot of people are live streaming right now and uh, we love the interaction. It's been fun. Um, you know, us talking and then looking at the chat and talking with you guys. So definitely let us know, man, you know, 
and ladies, yeah. uh, you know, what's a good time for you? What time would you want to sit down? You know, I, I don't know that we can do it during the day, but you know, are we, uh, yeah. are we trying to do this at lunchtime? Are you guys listen while you work from home? Yeah. Um, let us know. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll do our best to meet you guys on that. Yeah. And, you know, too, we, we love your feedback on like the show in general. And if you've got any like show topic ideas or, or just thoughts in general, you know, we'd love to hear them and you can, either message us here on Facebook or leave a comment, but you know, we've got email um, glasshouses podcast at gmail.com. And we're on every other social media outlet as well. And um, glasshousespod.com is our website. So you can find us there for full episodes. Yeah. Uh, that feels like a good spot. What do you think? I think it's a good place to wind down. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun and, uh, we appreciate everyone uh, sticking with it and kind of as we figure out what we're doing here, but we've, we've definitely had a good time. And, um, you know, like Jack said, we live 3000 miles apart. So this is kind of how we record our episodes anyway. Um, so, but it's kind of fun to include you all in it. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, we definitely would like to do some more of this. So, uh, we hope you had fun. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, be sure to check out glasshousespod.com, uh, glasshouses, a Billy Joe podcast on Facebook and Spotify. Our next, uh, uh pre-recorded podcast will be out on Tuesday and yep. that's, uh, the viewing and listening companion to live from Long Island. Absolutely. So thanks again, everyone. We will see you very soon. See you guys later. <laughs>